I'm Andrea Hamilton, and you're listening to From the Heart with Ed Hart. You may have heard some of her music on some TV shows that you might have heard of, like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Extreme Home Makeover, Bachelor in Paradise. She co-wrote the theme song for TLC's My Giant Life. Uh, she has done cover songs of songs like the song Happier, which most of us know, that has uh, over three and a half million streams and counting. She has a lot of new songs uh, over the last couple of years that uh, I've been binging on for the last few days, and hopefully we'll get her to, we'll talk her into singing a couple of those. So yeah, I would like to just start by just getting to know you. We see you at church on Sunday, we talk, we get a chance to, like I mentioned in the intro, hear you sing. I'd love to hear just kind of take me back to when you, I guess that we'll, we'll start with where I know you from, from being a worship singer, worship leader, worship director. Can you talk me through the process of how that came about and maybe we can go back further at that point? Yeah, I've been on staff at Inland Hills eight years now. Okay. So that, that's been my first official church job. Before that, I just uh, sitting at different churches as I was invited just as a guest worship leader over the years. Um, and my focus really was, like you mentioned, the pop music. And uh, if I was doing anything in the Christian world, it was co-writing for some other person. So uh, that's been 19 years now. That That's uh, it's really the only job I've ever had. And yeah. I'm 35, I think, now. <laughs> yes. So when did you know? I mean, obviously at age 16, as I mentioned, uh, is when your bio says that you started. When did you know that you wanted to make this your life? I mean, I think it was when I was 16 and I got that award because um, I remember showing the panel of judges the song that I co wrote for that. And the lady said, welcome to your career. <laughs> nice. And I thought, really? Because no one had said that to me. The co-writer on the song was another worship leader from Kansas City where I grew up named Kenny Carter. And he was the only person who'd ever told me, you can write songs. So um, this was all new to me. There wasn't anyone in my family who did music for a living by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you hear so. stories all the time of singers. So, oh, my dad was a jazz piano player. Mom sang in a choir or something, but that wasn't you, huh? That was- No, uh, they, they were supportive, but definitely not musically inclined. So nice. yeah, we uh, went to the Gospel Music Association conference uh, that was the first time that I really thought of myself, uh, of that being a career option, because I was meeting people who were doing that um, from Nashville and everywhere. And after that, I got in a band and we got to record and tour and I ended up being our booking agent and I co-wrote for that band. And then when I was 18, I moved to L.A. to pursue a pop songwriting career. Very cool. So do you prefer to write or to sing? Or do they go hand in hand? Because I always hear singer songwriter, and I know there are people out here out there who just sing, and others who just write. Obviously, you do both. Which part yeah. of the process is more enjoyable for you? I don't think I could live without writing. Yeah. Um, singing kind of feels like the thing God keeps throwing me back into hmm, whenever I try to slither away. You know, like yeah. he's he is calling me to sing, and if it were up to me, I'd be cool with other people singing my songs. Um, but to imagine stopping writing would just be, yeah, that's who I am, you know? 
Yeah, you're obviously good at it as I listen to some of the lyrics and I want to get into that in a little bit. Um, I want to talk and I want to jump to that in a little while, but I'd like to love to go through the process of how you write, how you're inspired, but going back again to your start, was there anybody that really was that person? Or I know we all have our favorite music and favorite bands and musicians and so forth, but was there anybody personally in your life that you looked at as, as your, your mentor or, or the, the example of, wow, this is what I want to do. Hmm. Uh, as far as famous people, no, I had a really broad, I listened to a lot of types of music and I knew who I liked as far as songwriters. Um, but nobody that I really idolized. Um, yeah. I think it was more the people I knew, like, Kenny, who I mentioned, sure. kind of mentored me in songwriting through high school. Um, yeah, and then just the people that I met and got to make music with when I moved to LA County. So nobody that has a quote unquote name, really. Sure. Um, I guess, yeah, mine was more homegrown. Like the people I got to work with or meet or write for along the way. So you, you've talked about how you love the, the writing process and just, just overall being a musician, what, talk, talk to me about that. I, I grew up and live in a, in a pretty musical family. I'm the youngest of five kids. I've got two brothers. One's a worship singer at his church in Northern California. The other has been a professional musician his entire life. As long as I can remember, he's seven and a half years older than I am. He's always performed and written songs as well. Uh, sisters who play the piano or flute or different instruments. A dad who's always played the banjo or the piano. Um, I got the I got the the sports gene. I think <laughs> I love music and I can sing, but I can't write and I can't play an instrument. What's what's uh, just tell me what you love about being a musician? Um, I love variety and change and adventure and challenges. So it's a constantly changing job, and I'm an extrovert. So I also mm -hmm. love interacting and collaborating with different sure. people, getting to know new people. Um, my dad's in sales and. I'm a lot like him in pretty much every way. So <laughs> nice. I think um, having to have confidence in your product and schmooze every now and then is, you know, some people would hate that, but I just see it as part of the music industry. So sure. if it's my personality, well, um, and then just being creative, obviously getting to say that I'm quote unquote working. And then that night when you're free, you want to, do another song, you know, like mm -hmm. you, you're doing what you love. So right. that's always a huge blessing. Yeah. That is the big blessing when you can do what you love. They always say, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, but you're working right. hard. I know you guys put in a lot mm -hmm. of time, just even at the church. So I talked a little bit about how you do pop music, you do worship music. Can you compare and contrast those two styles? I mean, obviously I listen to both, but from your side of the microphone, I'd be curious how you compare those two. Cause I know that, uh, you know, certainly different types of lyrics and, and different focus probably, but just what's the comparison and how do they, how do they contrast, would you say? Oh yeah, I think you said it great. It's a different focus, the main motivation, uh, the why behind worship music being um, to communicate what's on our hearts to God and what's on God's heart to us through the medium of song and connect people to the Lord in a corporate setting or now, you know, in their homes and cars and yeah, yeah, online yeah. as well. Sure. And then the motivation of pop music, I think, is to be creative, catchy, popular, um, trendy, influence culture, 
make statements about culture, um, express um, ourselves as artists. It's kind of more about the, um, the, the, the song is more about the song. Whereas yeah. in the worship world, I would say the song is more about the relationship with God. Sure. So yeah, it, how that works out in actual style would be a lot of times worship music's a little simpler and easy to catch on to, more singable. Yeah. Um, and then pop, you know, you can show off a little more or be weird, <laughs> try to be cool. Almost expected, yeah. You're playing right. more to the audience than in that situation too, I would right. imagine. Would you say that they have much in common? I mean, certainly you've talked about the, the diverse, diverse differences between the two. What would you, what commonalities would you draw between the two? Yeah, I think for one thing, like your skill level, if you have experience in one um, genre or world, they cross over a lot. They use same software and programs and music sure. theory and band setups and you learn a lot of the same things in both of those worlds and there's tons of people who do both like I do so it's yeah. helpful it, the experience crosses over sure so we're sitting here smack dab in the middle of this COVID crisis uh, you're in your house and not at the church you were telling me earlier that you'll go in and you'll record lots of different sessions all at once and you know it's it's oblivious to those of us who are watching it's like oh wow look at that they're all at the church singing right now <laughs> how how has this i'll use the word quarantine because it's now been about a month for for all of us how has this impacted i know how it's impacted well i don't know how it's impacted you and i want to talk about that but first with the music how has this impacted or inspired or if not have the impact been on your creativity when it comes to music well, I guess I split that question into two, like one being the church music stuff and one mm -hmm. being my pop career where I was really writing a lot at home already and co-writing on Zoom calls already. So it feels like the church job was a bigger change when this hit because it's so all about people and gatherings um, that it's just been a huge change and a huge challenge to figure out how to reach people effectively and encourage them through this time. And just to have that pastoral heart, you want to meet with people. You want to worship in the room with people. And it's kind yeah. of like, okay, we don't get to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how are we going to still put the message of Jesus out in the world? So my pop job, I would say just that was a bigger change in income because I performed uh, at I always just perform at random restaurants and bars and sure. locations. And so that income just like immediately stopped. So I'm focusing now on creating content and um, hopefully putting a lot of homemade songs into licensing libraries for more yeah. TV and film placements when they start working again on shows. <laughs> so it's kind of just an incubation period, I guess. Yeah, I think that this is a time for all of us to kind of pull back and reflect on not only what we do, but why we do it, and even more importantly, how we do it. Well, the why, I think, is the most important, but how we're doing things. I know for me, in my day job is I'm out in front of people, all, like you, I'm an extrovert. I'm out in front of people all day long, doing programs, teaching, meeting with clients, and now, you know, through the magic of technology, I'm still able to do that to a point, but I am looking forward to that day when I get to get back out and shake hands with people and give them a hug and meet with clients face to face over coffee or what have you. What would you say is the biggest 
challenge facing, I'm going to take you out of music for just a second here and your role more on the staff of a church. From your perspective, I'd love to hear what you think the challenge is to, let's just say the big C church for now. That's the church in, in general. Are there, is there a bigger impact because of what we're going through now? Do you think this is bringing people closer to God or further away or what, just your opinion? There's no right or wrong, I guess, but I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, I think that unfortunate circumstances like this can either bring us closer to God or we can choose to drift further from him depending on, I guess, our heart's posture through that time. So for the Big C Church, I see the challenge being not being able to be together in a physical sense. Yeah that's a challenge for many reasons but one of them is corporate worship is encouraging so we're in a season right now and there's so many psalms and stories in the bible about this wilderness moment where you kind of have to encourage yourself you have to tell your own soul to worship (laughs) in this time and i think it's an important thing for christians to learn so i'm excited for people who are going to take this challenge and and run with it and draw near to God because the Bible says that he always provides a way under any situation, any temptation, any bad circumstance, any sort of trial that we face, he always provides a way to stand up in his presence. My hope in all of this, and I think you're saying the same thing, is that we will look at ourselves internally a little bit more and be more introspective and hopefully grow and learn. And for me personally, I'm already journaling and writing and and planning for how I'm going to do things differently when we go back to the real world. Uh, I've talked a lot on, on this podcast and on just conversations with people that there really aren't a whole lot of superficial conversations right now. Whereas before I'd pass you in the hallway at church. Hey, Andrea, you know, and yeah, sometimes we would stop and embrace and chat and how are you doing and really get into a deeper dialogue. Oftentimes you're on your way from point A to point B and I'm on my way from point B to point A. So we're just passing and it's just really a, Hey, I see you. Whereas now, because the conversations are fewer and further between to me, they're deeper. So I'm hoping that I can take this and apply yeah. that back when, when we are back in that hustle and bustle of the real world. So wasn't really a question there, yeah. but that's just kind of an observation. I know from reading your bio and also you just, will. yeah, yeah, that, that is the hope. Um, we're obviously in a big trial and a challenge now and between this topic and also just looking through your bio, I know you've been through some challenges and trials in your life. I'd, I'd love if you're open to it to just share maybe one or two of the biggest trials that you've had in your life. And really from that, how did you navigate through it and what did you learn? You know, it's funny because, and I don't mean any disrespect in any way by saying this, but this is my second shelter in place mm, Wow! because I, I was sick um, 11 years ago and I quote unquote sheltered in place. Like I stayed in my parents' basement and if I wasn't at hospitals and doctor's offices for, I think it was nine months. And then I had like a modified life after that for a while. Um, so this feels familiar on a wow. personal level. Yeah. Um, this whole thing of a, a infectious disease stopping your life at the most inconvenient time. <sighs> this is my second, you second know, go around. Go around with this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that, yeah. some things I learned the 
first time around. And I was in my 20s. I was super motivated, probably a workaholic. Um, and to, and I knew nothing about health. So I just, I, I started at square one with this when I got this illness. And um, it was a big trial. It was a big learning curve in many ways. And I'm glad I had a relationship with God because sure. number one, there ain't nobody else around. <laughs> like your friends yeah. try to do their best for a few months. You find out who your real friends are, but yeah, most of them were in a different state. And I just, after a few months, stopped talking with them as much. I mean, they'd come around every now and then, but you can't rely on other people. You are meant to and built to rely on God first and foremost. So my relationship with him really did deepen in that time. Whenever I was able to read, I tried to read or mostly I just listened to sermons because I was like laying there with my eyes closed. My eyes didn't work right for a while. So okay. it, they would like shake when I tried to read. So that wasn't, you know, thankfully I had the Bible on. Audio. It would, yeah, yeah, on audio. Right. So, um, and then just songwriting. I tried to think of lyric ideas and just write them in a journal because my voice, I couldn't really sing uh, most days. and. Um, I just wasn't in that mode because when you're fighting for your life, you can't really spend as much time being creative, but I did try because I knew that would be good for my emotional state, you know? So you've been through this where you've had to kind of reprioritize and reshuffle the deck a little bit and really just focus on the things that matter most. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And what I found that time is the same thing I'm finding this time where God's presence is not social distancing from us at all. He's drawing closer. He's, Mm -hmm trying to speak to his people in the big C church um, in huge ways right now. And a lot of us are feeling like a revival is coming after this. If we can press in, in the secret place as individuals. Yeah, I agree. How do you, how have you used those lessons that you learned from that trial 11 years ago to a get you through this one and we're still in it. So we're not through it, but mm. to help you cope with it and B to influence the lives of other people. From your perspective, because I can tell you right now, you've influenced mine. I know there's a lot of people around us who say the same thing, but I'm just curious to hear, you know, how is it helping you now? And how do you feel like it's inspired other people? I think it made me more adaptable. And I learned not to partner with fear. I think Mm. a lot of people are having to learn that right now. Um, Not that I'm some expert that's perfect at it, but I've understood the principle and the importance of our part in fear. Of course, it's a human emotion and we're going to experience it and that's healthy and good, but do we partner with it after that? Yeah. And I see a struggle going on in our world right now with, with fear. Um, but I knew that was when I was really sick, that would, that would have killed me if I would have kept, um, letting fear run my life and take over my body like that. So, um, you do have to kind of uproot that those deep beliefs of insecurity and replace them with the truth of God's word that he's actually going to take care of us and provide for us and get us through this. So now as we hit this pandemic, which is not from God, right? Exactly. uh, (laughs) He's here and he's going to use it um, to grow us and make us more like Jesus and prosper us and um, show us how to be more like him and how to have victory and use it for the good of not only us, but the world. That's, that's his agenda. That's what he wants to do. Sure. And that's who we need to partner with in any way that we can through this time. So. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm of the same belief as you are that this isn't uh, from him, but the lessons that we learn from this are, because I mean, he knew this was going to happen from the mm-hmm. beginning of time. He looked in his, uh, you know, not to be uh, sacrilegious, but in his magic eight ball, if you will, and said, well, this is going to come in 2020. And uh, for me, I'm watching families get closer. As we talked about earlier, we're getting deeper and closer in relationships with people. Um, And I think for me, especially most importantly, is I'm, like I said, I'm learning more about myself. How do I respond? This is my first, you know, self-quarantine. I, I, I will knock on wood right now and say I haven't had to go through it before. <laughs> Hopefully it's your only one. Yeah, I'm hoping it's Hopefully the only it's one. My dad's, my dad's 93 and he was telling us today it's his first as well. I mean, yeah. he's been through, you know, the depression and World War II and, and several recessions, but this is unlike anything that any of us have really experienced on a global level. Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit. Okay, we talked about trials and what you've learned. What would you say are some of your biggest successes or accomplishments and how did you get there? And were there people around you that specifically you'd like to talk about that helped you through or are helping you through? Oh man, biggest successes and accomplishments. I stink at that question. I don't it's know. It's always hard for a person, of, for anybody, especially someone of faith to start, you know, because it sounds like you're bragging, but it's not. I mean, God wants us to be happy with our accomplishments and our successes and to recognize those. Um, but I'm just curious if there are things that stand out for you, whether it's in your career, your personal life, or your battle through your health. Yeah. I mean, in my career, I do a little bit more obscure stuff. It's like, I'm not like on the voice where everyone would understand what I'm doing. I'm like (laughs) behind the scenes writing background music for TV shows and collaborating with DJs and random stuff. So I guess just building a brand and, sort of sustaining myself for a chunk of time on independent music. I think that's a success that I sure. I really longed for and desired and um, was able to experience. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, and then in my personal life, I mean, I don't think I did anything to earn this one, but I did get to get married six years ago. So that's yeah. been cool to experience. And that's a huge blessing in my life. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot easier to go through this life with a partner that uh, you know my partner real well, and it's it's She's a lot amazing. easier to go. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, my my guy friends and I always like to use the analogy that we've outkicked our coverage as a sports person. <laughs> that's kind of the analogy of yeah, we're we're not in over our heads, but we certainly have done well, and uh, she's definitely a rock, and and uh, gets me through for sure every day. Mm, every day she is somewhere behind me team. on the shelf. There's a picture of her, but a lot of pictures yeah. actually. So I love, one of my favorite things about music, I mean, I love the, the, the sound of the music, I love the, the rhythm, but I really pay close attention to the lyrics when I listen to music, whether it's at church and I'm reading them up on the screen or listening on the radio or wherever it is, I, I pay really close attention to the lyrics. I guess maybe it is, as I mentioned before, I have singers and songwriters in my family, so I've watched the process for them. And I've actually dabbled a little bit, I'm never gonna share with anyone what I've written because it's not good. And I, I promise you, I will never share it no matter how much they torture me because I don't want to torture others with my music. But uh, I would love to, there's a, um, a song that I was listening to the other day um, that you wrote and I've got to find it. I'll I'll, I'll look in my notes really fast. I don't want to like spend too much time looking for it, but um there's a song or a lyric in your song, All But Lost. Until I lost my faith, I never knew how to believe. 
I yeah. love that lyric. Can you, I hadn't prepared you for this, so I'm, I just wanted to see if, if, if you could take me through personally that journey with that. I wrote that song with a guy named Kip, and he's he's a really smart um, person, definitely more intelligent than me. And he's a worship pastor, great person, amazing guy. Uh, but he was kind of going through a little bit of a deconstruction of his faith. And what I mean by that is just, I think our the pillar of our faith is the person of Jesus who never changes. But a lot of our conceptions are human and fallible. So sometimes we hit a point in our faith journey where a lot of that stuff starts to crumble or not work for us anymore, not make sense. And we have to deconstruct our faith and then hopefully reconstruct and rebuild it on a more firm foundation or a more accurate understanding of the word of God and how this stuff works. So he was kind of mentioning that that's where he was at. So as we wrote this song, which I had that week, I had a dream that um, I should write that song. And then I dreamed the music video. It was really interesting because that's the only time that's ever happened to me. <laughs> nice. But it's a song about hope, so that makes sense. And that's yeah. my one of my main messages that I feel like I'm supposed to keep reminding the world. Um, so maybe it's just a statement, a hopeful statement, that even when you're losing, you feel like you're losing your faith, there's a new journey in front of you where you really can learn how to believe. Yeah. Whatever that means for the individuals listening. Sure. Do you have a, a process that uh, I've heard songwriters say that, like you, it came to me in a dream or came to me in a shower or on a drive or, you know, playing with my kids and I suddenly had to get into the office or sit down with a notepad and a pen and I cranked it out in 20 minutes. Others, I worked on this for months. Are you more one or the other or is it just random? Uh, I think it started out random like some songs would come really fast and some songs mm -hmm. I'd do 17 versions of them and yeah. I knew they would be good later and, and it would just work, chip away at them. Uh, now I kind of am in the middle. I don't write super fast. Um, and a lot of times I'm collaborating with two or three other people. So sure. it's more of a conversation that usually yeah, a song results in three or four hours. Um, but every now and then I'll, It'll take a long time or I'll go really fast on a song like there's still outliers but sure now you mentioned in in one of the notes to me when we've been communicating back and forth getting ready for this this interview um I would love I know you said your internet connection is a little bit uh unstable but I would love if you want to take a stab at uh, I know you have a, a song um shadow dancer was that the one that you were planning on playing tonight yeah, I was thinking maybe yeah. I could show you guys that one. I would love it. Okay, so this is well, you want to take us into the history of it a little bit, or or yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the song. Listen to keep it. Keep saying it, but my favorite thing is to co-write, and um, this one was a co-write with a guy named Jordan Lawhead. My first ever visit to Nashville. <laughs> nice. So it's actually one I wrote a long time ago and just never put on a record till recently. Um, but we were talking about there's a lot of songs that are they are what you make them they could be faith-based if you're reading them that way or they could be love songs if you're just thinking of them that way so this is kind of one of those dual meaning songs but um jordan is also a believer and we were talking about the holy spirit and how sometimes 
I mean, he's not visible, but he's very apparent and very present. And you look back at your life and realize that presence of God is what got you through. So to us, that's the deeper underlining mm-hmm. meaning of this one. But it's also just a love song. Awesome. Well, I'll look forward to hearing it. I don't understand it. I don't know what to say. Stop looking for the answer. But it found me anyway. It wasn't in the phone, but it wasn't in the news. It wasn't in an airplane. So in the infinite blue, it was you. It was you. A shadow dancer. It was you. Kisses on my sunshine when the rain is on my roof. Don't ever think it's nothing when you're just being you. I was drifting like a feather in the path of a monsoon. You caught me in your two legs like an angel would do. It was you. Oh, it was you. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, you say you, you uh, enjoy the writing process and, and you could give up the singing. Do the world a favor and don't stop singing, okay? Aww. <laughs> <That> <laughs> Thank really you. Good. You're so nice. No, that is really, really good. I really appreciate that. I love whenever I hear anybody interview a musician and you ask them to play a song. You know, I, I was, as you were singing, I'm thinking of interviews I've watched with you know, DJs and with talk show hosts and, and so forth, on, both on radio, podcast, and TV. And the musician will always go into the story. And the story to me is almost as precious and powerful as the song itself. Aw, uh, that's cool. No, it's just, it's really neat to hear that's the story behind, behind the music. I guess that's why there's a show out there called Behind the Music, right? <laughs> so, yeah, because most of us like to hear. And that's why I think I go back to I want to really understand the lyrics. So I understand where the person was 
when they wrote the song, you know, emotionally and mentally and so forth. Mm-hmm. It really helps. And I think of worship songs too, like when you find out where Raise a Hallelujah or How He Loves came from, it just makes it so much more meaningful and deep. Yeah. If you, uh, if you, your listeners are interested, I would, I would Google a story behind those because um, you, sometimes a song moves you before you fully understand why. Mm-hmm. And then we read and study the lyrics or we hear it again and we start to unpack what God's trying to tell us. But um, those are two that really, I heard them and I just thought something really, really special is on those. And then you find out the story and it makes sense. Yeah, I love that. I love when I hear a song, especially a worship song, when I just hear it and it's like I, I rush home from church. I stay after church to look on the screen to see who it is and who wrote it and what the name of it is. And I go home or I sometimes I'll sit in the car in the parking lot and look for it on YouTube or what have you. And then I'll read through the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just the music that I've heard you play. Um, for those who don't know, about a year and a half ago, we went through a, a tragedy at our church. Actually, it was a long tragedy because Pastor Dave, who you knew better than I, of course, um, lost his battle with leukemia. His son, Drew, took over as our lead pastor. You were very close to Drew, I know. Um, I was just getting to know him and close to him. And uh, I've shared when we talked with Pastor Josh the other night that, um, you know, Drew died by suicide. It was a long battle with mental health issues. And there's a lot of underlying things that I'll never understand. And you probably never will understand. And you're closer to him than I, I was. But what I'm leading up to is, is not the, you know, that, that was obviously tragic. And that's a whole other topic for another day. But speaking of the songwriting process, and it's going to be hard for me to get through this part of the interview without getting pretty emotional. Um, and you know where I'm going with this. We, um, we all came back to church the Sunday that we heard, and it, was just, it wasn't a church service. It was just a prayer group, everybody circling up with the people around you, whether you knew them or not. But then the following Sunday, it was a church service, and you performed a song that, um, just tell me through the, that process. I mean, so quickly, it, it was as if you'd been writing that song for years, because it just, it, it cut to the core of me, and I know it did everybody else. Can you talk about what you can, what you feel like you can share anyway with that process? Yeah, the, the, that was a huge loss for so many people. And first, I just want to say that Andrew was so proud of you too. Oh. And he would talk about how he was impressed with you too. And so glad that he got to talk with you and hear your story. We were he, just getting started. Yeah, he wanted to share your story and he kept thinking about ways to, to do that. And I know that'll still happen at our church no. someday. So, um, yeah. In the summer of 2018, we suddenly lost our new young lead pastor um, to suicide, and I had canceled a lot of writing sessions and kept this one with a guy named Greg out in LA who I'd never written with. I just kept it on my calendar. I just never texted him. I never canceled. So that day came, and I drove out there, and... um, he, he walked outside to show me where to go and he just gave me a big hug. So I knew that he like knew, yeah. like saw my Facebook post or whatever. And I said, okay, it, it sounds like you, you know that I lost my friend to suicide. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm a country songwriter, but I'm also a pastor. 
and um, I'm, a, I'm a pastoral counselor and I deal with um, people who are having suicidal ideation and anxiety and depression. And I said, okay, this is an interesting combination. So yeah. you're my co-writer for today. Yeah, exactly. Guess what we're going to do? Yeah. And I just said, man, it would be so cool if there could be some sort of song that my church could sing through this season. There's plenty of worship songs that have lament in them and, and talk about seeking God through hard times already. But how cool would it be if we could put some words to this unique experience in this particular tragedy? And he helped me draw it out of me basically because he's a therapist. So he would ask me questions and then he'd like write down what I was saying and then put it into like rhyme form, you know? Yeah. Um, and we just sat there at the piano um, in a, in a writing room there in LA and wrote it probably in a couple hours. Wow. Um, but it was mostly him supporting me writing it like he was just saying he, he was honored to do it that that day and that's what it was supposed to be and we both felt that and then I showed it to my boss at the time Brian hmm. and he played he hit play on his phone to the whole creative team which I didn't know he was going to do but <laughs> um they were like yeah let's do it let's share it you know everyone was so open to whatever god it felt like god might be doing you know yeah. in that time and the other thing is we were being prayed for, for by churches around the world. Around the world. Yeah, we you felt it. feel it. I wasn't yeah. on the, I'm not on the staff, and I felt it. I'd meet people, and people would say, oh, you go to Inland Hills Church, or they'd see that God's got this bracelet, and they know the story. And yeah, we felt it as members. Yeah. We still do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we had miracles happen because of that. The prayers of the saints around the world, I mean, supernatural provision for people that it had been close to Drew. Um uh, just confirmations like out of nowhere blessings healings it was the worst time ever grief wise but it was also the craziest like supernatural season yeah. because prayer works it it's like we had like extra i don't even know what to call it just when we would worship on sundays through those next few months, it was like so sincere and so powerful yeah, to it was just watch raw. you guys join and, and mean it, what we're singing and turn to God through this loss, you know? Yeah. Really, really. Very different tragedy than what, and, and crisis, if you will, than we're going through now. Mm -hmm. But there's some similarities too. You talked about how this, this, self-quarantine that we're in now is similar to what you went through 11 years ago. And I don't have that. I think the experience of going through just what we went through with, with Drew um, has, I don't know if I can say it prepared me for anything because, you know, heaven forbid we ever go through anything like that again. Um, but the feelings are similar. The grief is, yeah. is a similar feeling. It's loss. Yeah. You know, it's loss of day-to-day -day life right now. It's loss of loss of life, you know, here in, in our country yeah. is the time we're recording Thousands, this yeah. over 10,000 people have passed and it's much higher around the world. And then that number, unfortunately, is going to continue to rise before it begins to, to, to slow down. Yeah. But yeah. Grief, grief is grief. And we all look at it a little bit differently. How has the process in the last, I've, I've been wanting to ask some, this is just, you know, people may want to tune out at this point because it's just <laughs> asking Andrea a question that been on Ed's mind now for a year and a half. Tell me about the process that you, you can speak to your process and then you as a witness to the people around you at work. 
just the process of going through, obviously, not just the loss of Drew, but then the transition from Eric Hurd as our interim pastor and into Josh now. And, and uh, can you talk at all, just anything come to mind? I, I'm not even asking a, a guided question as much as just what comes to mind for you in that process that maybe has made Andrea stronger. Oh, yeah, I do feel like I've experienced and learned so many things in my eight years of part-time vocational ministry. <laughs> I was, you know, did ministry before, too, and certainly involved in the Christian music world um, to some degree. But, yeah, it is a fast-forward pace um, <laughs> when, when you work at a church. You have to learn and grow and adapt and process real fast um, from week to week. So much happens um so first i'll just say i'm friends with kayla yeah which is andrew's widow and if anyone listening wants to know um more about the story of their family and how they're um, thriving and how god's providing for them and teaching them so much um, right now you can follow her kayla steck it's like the short version of their last name s-t-e-c-k and she has a book coming out soon it's going to be called fear gone wild probably. Wow. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be called. I've, I've read her first draft and it's really amazing. She has a teaching gift and yeah, it's not the downer that you, I mean, it's, she tells the story, obviously it's very sad, but she has this audacious hope that comes through in her writing. And I'd encourage all of you to follow her and read her book because it's not just like a friend plug. I really feel like you'll benefit from it and grow closer to God through it. I've grown through watching her. I'm not a huge Instagram guy. I mean, I have one for the podcast and I follow her as well. So I have followed her story and been, I've been inspired. It's ironic. And I've heard these words shared with her before that the one who probably needs more comforting than anyone in this is the one who's really doing a lot of the comforting. Yep. As a lot of us have been through a lot just from the outside looking in and her words and her inspiration and, and, and so forth. I'm excited to read her book as well. Yes. And uh, I've seen That's her really her, and, yeah. her heart to help others and to help the Big C Church um, as we grapple with more and more mental illness um, yeah. happening across our attenders, members, staffs, every, you know, pastors. So just throwing that in there before I answer your question. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I don't even remember what the question was now, but thank you for, for talking you about that. That's, that's mentioned great. like, you know, being yeah, ministry and what grown. I've learned. Yeah. I was telling her at coffee last month, like, I feel like I've worked at five or six different churches because we came in with Dave being this awesome leader. And then I, then we realized it was going to be like a really long health battle. So like kind of nobody was leading, like the, the, the staff was leading ourselves and right. a lot of stuff was on pause. And then he kind of came back and stuff moved forward and then he got taken away again. And then um, when he passed the baton to Andrew, I felt like it was the same church in a lot of ways because they they were very similar. But um, Father and son, for those who don't know. Yeah. 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 And they really, really were alike in a lot of ministry ways. But then in <laughs> others, it was like, well, there's a new leader, new staff, new, everybody's shifting, changing. And um, I had no context for it. It was my first real job because all I'd been doing was just singing and gigging, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And, and then when he got sick, we felt ourselves in that situation again. He took some time off to deal with um, some anxiety and depression symptoms he was having. 
and we had no pastor again and then he passed away again and it was like like our, our our lead pastor passed away again so it was a deja vu thing but again totally different um and more unexpected and, and worse in several distinct ways sure and i was closer with him for sure um and after that having eric lead us was awesome but we knew it was temporary so it was yeah. like how do you navigate that right we're gonna <laughs> and, have another loss here we know it's coming because right different kind but certainly yeah we're gonna yeah. go through another transition and then uh i kind of knew the second i met pastor josh that he'd probably be our our guy so yeah. um i was excited when he they got here him and audrey and their families and we're just learning, you know, more and more about how everybody operates and what our new season looks like. Um, so it's been really a blessing. To, yeah, it to has been from a parishioner standpoint, too, from my side of the fence. It's been, yeah. uh, you know, you, you don't look at the loss that we've had as <clears throat> anything you ever want anybody to go through. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> See what you've done to me now? Now I've lost <laughs> my voice. I'm getting all choked up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I look at the I do look at the leadership that we have with Josh. Um, I look at uh, the direction we're going and it feels God driven, uh, all of it. And it's just weird. It's, it, it, it's kind of going back to this crisis we're in right now. It wasn't created by him, but you know what? We're going to make the most of this. And that song that you wrote, and I wasn't going to put you on the spot and I'm not going to put you on the spot now, but I'm probably going to link to that song in this podcast somehow has um, had an impact on a lot of people. That's for sure. It's definitely a song that was inspired in that moment to, to touch and change a lot of people's lives. So thank you for listening and for uh, following that prompting to write that because it has definitely made an impact. Mm, thank you. Cool. I know you have another song. I hope. Oh, I do? Yeah. Do I? Well, I, I hope you had talked a little bit about maybe a, a new worship song that we maybe haven't heard yet. Okay. Yes. And, and now the funny thing is that the thing I'm excited about is I get to hear the story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, this earlier this year, I was in Nashville, something I try to do a lot. Um, and I got the opportunity to write with a couple of worship writers and they were asking me the update on my church and where things are at now and what are the needs of the people and how can we pray. And, um, so I told them a little bit about Inland Hills, the DNA, the type of people that come, the things that God's been doing, um, the story he's writing here at our local body. And it was cool because they helped me kind of write a song that I think will be really good for our people to sing. Um, we were going to introduce it at the bee gathering, but Which, yeah. then it didn't happen. So. The women's gathering for the church. Or... Yeah. So I guess this will be the premiere. I'll just awesome premiere it for you. And then I, I was going to even, um, Josh wants me to go on Instagram with him tomorrow. So I'll play it tomorrow too. I get to hear it tonight's in a row. I'm excited. <laughs> But um, the story behind it is, I guess, talking about my desire to see everybody, even the new Christians, learn about God's unconditional love. And that he would stir up a passion, a desire in each of us to know him better, and to have the intimacy with him that he's longing for. We me in this place. Find me on my face, you're the only one I need. Open up my eyes, 
Shatter every light. Speak to me till I believe. Flood like a river to my soul. Let it overflow till I know I am loved by you and burn like a fire in my bones. Only you can make me whole till I know I am loved by you. I'm loved by you. Striving and control, I surrender everything. You don't want performance, you don't want religion. You take me as I am, you take me as I am. Oh, so fly like a river through my soul, Lord. Let it overflow till I know. I am loved by you, ever like a fire in my bones. Only you can make me home tonight. Oh, I am loved by you, yeah. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. It's nothing you would know. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. There's nothing you withhold. Fly like a river through my soul. Lord. Let it overflow till I know I am loved by you and burn like fire in my bones. Only should be a stadium full of people clapping or a congregation of people <laughs> clapping right now. I can't wait to see those words up on the screen and sing that along with you. Thank you. That is wonderful. Oh, and I, I will let Josh have the premiere tomorrow. That's, uh, you know, this, this will air a little bit later, so he'll still get okay. the premiere. I get to hear it before, but no, that's fantastic. I could ask you questions all night. I'm just, I'm, music intrigues me and what you do and how you do it intrigues me. If somebody wants to, as our listeners today, if they want to go on and hear more of your music, what's the best way to do it? Where do they go? Uh, you can follow me on any social media, pretty much at Hopeful Andrea. Awesome. And if you don't have social media, you can just go to hopefulandrea.com and hear my stuff there. Excellent. We'll put that in our show notes as well and on all the social media when we, when we blast this out too. Oh, a couple more questions. I always finish yeah. with the same question at the end, but before I do, just what's next? What's next for you when you think about down the road or next week, or is there a project you're working on now that you're excited about that you can share with us? Uh, well, I'm excited about my, I have a side project like worship band called Binley, which is my new last name. So I mean, six it's years. six years old now. Yeah, yeah it's not say, really yeah. new. Uh, although I didn't change it for a while, so maybe four years. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, 
I'm excited for this band to release more recordings in the next few months. We have a few singles out already, but it's still pretty new. So it's been, yeah. it's been a fun project. Yeah, I'm probably going to go into a, a YouTube rabbit hole as soon as we're done here <laughs> with some of the music that I've heard you perform. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, I thank you for your time tonight, but I thank will you. finish. Uh, the, the name of my podcast is From the Heart because you know my last name is Hart. And I've had a blog for a number of years called From the Heart where I just write literally what, what comes to mind or into my heart. And it's been, some of it's been spiritual, some of it's been sports, some of it's been family, some of it's been topics of the day. Um, I don't write when I don't feel inspired. So it's not a regular thing. There are times when I'll write five in a week and then go five weeks without writing anything or longer. But I'm going to ask you right now, Andrea, as we wrap up today to just share what's in your heart. You've already done it for the last hour. But when I ask the question, Andrea, what's in your heart? I just want to encourage the people listening. Um, this too shall pass. Um, everyone's processing this pandemic differently. Some of us are experiencing more loss than others or more anxiety and fear than others. Um, or just more uncertainty or frustration or harder situations at home. Um, so there's no comparing, you know, from person to person. We're all processing differently. Um, but we can all have hope in Christ because he has really gotten us through a lot already. And he's going to get us through this too. And so I encourage you to look for those gems, those little um, gifts that he leaves us along the way. Even through dark journeys, he's... Um, providing things for you and has an exciting adventure for you even now. So open your spirit up to the Lord, um, declare his praises, even when it's hard and start to look for those gems, those little nuggets of gold throughout your day that he's trying to communicate his love to you, even through this uncertain time. <laughs>